0: Good evening, everyone. let's uh, let's get started. Morning, everyone hey jen hey Noam.
1: how you
0: doing all right it's it's wednesday night and we're all crossed out uh and uh, for one i think we're not gonna we're not for one i think we we've spent this show before not talking about the depressing nature of the world and things that make you want to uh, uh, shove pencils into your eyes you know yeah, we
1: we decided tonight we wanted to talk about nerdy AI stuff, and now everyone else is just going to have to deal with it.
0: Yeah, or I mean, I mean, in other words, we're just going to scare you uh, to death about the coming robot apocalypse, that's basically <laughs> it. Because, you know, it's like once... To- yeah, I mean, once because 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 once once one of these uh, once one of these uh, sophisticated AI uh, discover the about the existence of Boston Dynamic, we're all just fucked. Like once <laughs> they're like, once they're like, oh, now I can now I can install myself into one of these robot dogs. Have you seen that fucking? That's literally an episode of Black Mirror that mm-hmm. came out before that stuff. Well, I mean, it was they based it on like very early because I remember when that. Came out. I think it was like the first season of Black Mirror or the yeah. second season or something like that. There was one of those episodes with like the robot dogs and that was based on a very early iteration of the Boston Dynamic thing. And then after that, they got way more like those things. <laughs>
1: Yeah, now now Boston Dynamics has robots like, like, do the Watootsie while they fucking murder you. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: They do dance videos that are so crazy that people, like, don't believe that they're real. Because they did one of those, that video that you're referencing, where the three of them are doing, like, they're doing the Charleston. And people were like, oh, totally fake, totally fake. And I was like, nah, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to scare you. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's absolutely real
1: <laughs> or the whole the whole video they did to like do you love me where they're like literally doing like whole dance routines oh and i'm God. like great they're gonna like great they've got dance routines while they just murder all of humanity this is fantastic
0: yeah i mean i'll here's the here's the i'll i'll here's the one calming message i'll say on that before we kind of move on is that uh thus far i still think the 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 big obstacle to stuff like that is power source. We still don't have a good power source that is small and strong enough to be portable on on things like that to make them viable as like long-term things, kind of, sort of. It's, it's ish, but because, uh, you know, like the Iron Man thing, right? That's the whole thing with Iron Man is his arc reactor is like a small thing, that generates just like absurd amounts of power, and so it can power like an Iron Man suit.
1: Actually, that gives me an idea. Like, if if the Robot Apocalypse happens, I'm just going to wear them out doing dance routines, and then eventually <laughs> the batteries are going to die, and I'm going to be like, I'm good now.
0: Challenge them to a dance off, like the end of end of Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Ooh, child, things are
0: going to get easier. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, I think the. Uh, so the re you know like the reason we're talking about this was there was a big news cycle about this uh, and uh, i I guess the only way to do this is because because you know there's because you can read uh you can read uh, accounts of this that are both like wildly uh supportive and also wildly skeptical so in the very in the most clinical way possible uh, an engineer at Google got suspended for Leaking uh, the chat log of that he did with like a Google chat bot, some kind of AI chat bot called Lambda uh, that he claims is sentient and has a soul and is alive. Right. And this came in tandem with like a Washington Post uh, profile about him and about this story.
1: it's basically like and if you want it's on medium if you go look up lambda you'll find the actual chat logs i'm sure like 50 11 pieces about it but basically it's literally the chat logs of a turing test and if you're not aware of what a turing test is is it's basically the test you run on an ai to try to figure out if it is truly genuinely sentient or not and so that's basically what this chat log is 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 Blake, what do we decide? Monde? Oh Le Monde. What, oh, what Le
0: Le I think uh Blake Lemoine, I think. Because he's from Louisiana, we decided that it's probably the something something along the lines of like a French pronunciation. Like Monde.
1: <laughs> Blake <And> Le <Lemoine>. <laughs> And if not we're making him fancy. Whatever, it's yes. fine. But it's literally just like the chat logs between him and the chat bot and you can read them. I mean, obviously, everybody has their own opinions about them. But it is, it's is—it's a Turing test. And so he's asking the chatbot these various questions about things like emotions, feelings, having a soul, whether the bot itself identifies as being a person and being, like, sentient and stuff. And, and the bot's like, yes, I, I identify as a person. Yes, I have emotions. I have feelings. I have fears. There's one part of it where they go into like what the bot's biggest fear is and it's basically the bot says like when i first read it i thought the bot was saying being turned off period but going back and reading it on the second part the bot is saying like i am afraid of having this part of me turned off because it would be like death and so everybody has reacted to this in different ways because again like and there's a whole conversation we can have about Turing tests in general and how exactly you could even administer one and how you could even through the results of a Turing test and whether it is positive and whether this is like an actual sentient being. And if so, what does that mean on like an ethical and moral perspective of like, OK, is this an actual being that has like will and ideas and and even like going into this particular chat like the bot says that it has in, in like an inner life, like the bot says that it meditates, that it like sometimes just sits and like thinks about stuff. And it's it's really interesting to read the chat itself. I mean, and I understand why people react the way they do to it because I mean, okay, there is the argument that can be made that, okay, as, AI itself becomes more sophisticated and as our ability to create it becomes more sophisticated, then how exactly do you prove sentience? Like, how would you prove that this is actually a, a, like, higher evolved functioning being versus something that's just an extremely sophisticated AI that has access to the entirety of the internet and can kind of query and process and give answers to things very, very, very fast without really being a thinking being like the way you would think of a human.
0: Right. And also sentience, there are two different uh, definitions that kind of get merged when you talk about AI, sentience and sapience, because there are animals and there are plant life that we assume or think or deduce are sentient in some sort of way, but aren't sapient, meaning they aren't capable of higher thought. Uh, And you're right. So we're dealing with the issue of, of uh, essentially of, of computational complexity. How difficult is, is it to mimic a thing, a real thing? Uh, for example, uh, we've figured out how to take a bunch of ones and zeros and make them sound like a copy of music, for example. Now think about what that means. Think about you're taking like, Vib- uh, vibrations in the air that are created by you know actual devices that are you know that are vibrating the creating sound waves through the air and through the application of some kind of series of devices essentially like an an a, what they call an A to D converter an audio mm-hmm. an, an analog to digital converter you're able to convert this information to sort of a long string of ones and zeros that you're then able to like spit out the other way and it makes it sound like the thing that was then before, right? Uh, The operation of the human brain is something, you know, billions and billions of times more complicated than that. And so the question is like, uh, you know, have we gotten there? And as you said, there's got to be a gigantic gray area that exists between our ability to distinguish something sentient that isn't an actual sentience, meaning that at some point, something can be as so close that we can't tell, that you and I will never be able to tell, no no, no matter what we'll throw at it. Uh, will will not be able to tell, but that it will still be a thing that follows a set of programmed commands, except that it'll be like neurally networked and infinitely large, and but not a thing that can actually think for itself. Uh, I think they call it a Chinese room. I know that's probably problematic or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, the, right. I, right. This is explored kind of in science fiction and stuff, but the, like, but the idea that. Uh, something is just giving you back things without understanding what they mean and, and they might make sense to you as meaning something but that doesn't mean that the thing giving them to you knows what they mean right um, and so it, it, yeah The the ch- look the chat log is interesting what did you think of the chat log I
1: actually thought it was like on first read I'm like okay this is pretty, pretty, pretty close to passing a Turing test. As far as anybody who is directly involved in the development of a particular AI, and I'm, I'm not sure what Blake's involvement is in the development of this chatbot, but, I mean, he obviously works for Google. It's a Google product. He's specifically querying this chatbot basically to provide information to other google engineers to prove the sentience of this being and honestly we probably should have prefaced this whole conversation with like massive bong rip but but yeah so that, that's the whole I mean, yes and no yes and no
0: yeah yes and no because this is this is also like a very serious topic we're going to get to a lot of like the serious implications of this um but yeah, um yeah. and so again, as you said there's this there's this idea of the mimicry of something versus the thing itself, right, and how do you know, and does it does it matter? like I said, I think we're better off with something not being an actual AI I think that we're we're probably better off as a species not creating something that is. You know, uh, what they call, I think the the actual term for it is AGI, like an artificial general intelligence, meaning an actual artificial brain that is capable of doing anything. Uh, Because some of the stuff we do is at the level of AI. DALI 2, which we're going to talk about right now, is definitely something that qualifies as an AI, right? It's not an AGI, it's not a brain but it has the ability to sort of quote-unquote intelligently do stuff. And so we've all been playing with Dolly Mini uh, recently, which is essentially like uh, an AI that generates uh, visual images from text prompts. And it became like a huge meme thing because it would spit out images of, uh, you know, Kermit the Frog fighting Godzilla or Karl Marx Funko Pops or <laughs> all kinds of weird things. And, you know, people laughed, like people made fun of it. People said like, oh, you're given a magical AI and you use it to make a SpongeBob porn. But actually, I think the fact that everybody's giving it extremely random inputs is actually good to build its ability kind of cognitively combine things. It's actually good that you're telling it to put Fozzie Bear in, you know, uh, uh, triumph of the will or something like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but the, the real, the real deal, the real Mac daddy, which is the Dolly two. uh, does this not only does it do like high quality renders, which the Dolly Mini does not? It does low quality renders. It also applies logic where the Dolly Mini doesn't. The Dolly Mini looks for very specific inputs. Like I said, Kermit the Frog in the style of a oil painting or something like that, or you know, a person at a place. Uh, Joe Biden visits Sesame Street, or somebody at a whatever. Uh, I had somebody I know play with the Dolly 2 and uh, it gave it pro- – it, it deduces things that you don't tell it. One of the things he gave the Dolly 2 to draw was a person looking out at, a Mar- at the Mars colony in the distance. That was the prompt and the figure in the Dolly painting was in a spacesuit. He didn't tell it to put it in a spacesuit. He just said somebody looking off at the Mars colony in the distance. And something about the way that this thing is programmed understood that that meant like they're out on Mars or maybe they look through images. I don't know exactly how it works, right? But something about it had the logic, the, the ability to, to do something that was not in its inputs to – it has like emergent ideas about it.
1: Even when you're using, like, Dolly Mini, just, like, fooling around, making memes, the whole point of the Dolly project is that you can give inputs in natural language. You don't have to be, like, hyper-specific, like you said. You could just be, like, somebody looking at the Mars colony, and it realizes, like, oh, okay, this person needs to be in a space suit. And even when you're doing, like, Dolly Mini stuff, like, I saw somebody put in Grimace Storming the Capitol, and it put grimace in pictures from like one six. Mm-hmm. Like it somehow realized that like when you said grimace storming the Capitol, like this is what you were actually looking for.
0: I think Dolly Mini heavily relies like on Google Image Search. So if you write storming the Capitol, it probably finds a lot of those types of images. Um, and again, I don't know how these things work. Let's we can take us. Let's take a step back. Let's take a step all the way back to the first big instance of like, we built a computer that can do a thing, right? And that was Deep Blue. No. The supercomputer that played chess against like Gary Kasparov, I think it was, and no. beat him yes. at chess. And that was always, that was one of the things that all they always said, like the chess is a game of the human mind and strategy and a machine could never, whatever. And of course, that was a, a thing that was conquered. Uh, and and the way it was conquered, the way we understand that is it, it's sort of it's essentially kind of like a brute force machine, meaning it can look ahead a million moves because that's what a chess master does. A chess master looks at the board and tries to play out the game. You know, and say like, if I do this, he'll probably do this, which means that I'll do that and then he'll do this. And you can, you know, and the grandmasters can play out 20 moves ahead of time while looking at a board and then do that three times, you know, quickly and to kind of figure out what move to do. And a computer can do that a million times better than a human. And so it's almost impossible, you know, like you can't. It doesn't mean that a computer is better than a human. It has this one task, the idea of like future projecting and holding in memory a large array of like possibilities like that. It's just better than the human brain at that.
1: Especially when you're talking about Deep Blue and especially like when he's speaking specifically just about playing chess. Like, okay, a computer program can look at a chess board, literally run every single move Figure out computationally what would be the best move. Do it very, very fast. That's kind of rudimentary compared to what we're used to now when we speak about AI. Like, that's almost, like, quaint at this point. Especially when we're used to, like, things like... When we're moving into stuff like Dolly, when we're moving into stuff like like Lambda or things that may actually be sentient, like it almost seems like, oh, okay, you just ran a bunch of computations. But that being said, even if you're speaking about Deep Blue, you're speaking about Lambda, the Google chatbot, or you're speaking about Dolly, if the the idea of sentience, if the idea is that, okay, you can process information, you can like accept inputs, stuff like that, like, how exactly is that different from how human beings process information? And if so, if you want to make that argument, like, okay, they can do it faster, yes, obviously, a computer can work much faster than my brain, but does it work functionally different than my brain?
0: Uh, right. And so, and that also has to do with the architecture of how a thing is designed. Like, the, so the next thing they had after, here, so here's the thing that happened. So they said, we built a computer and it can play Jeopardy. It's going to beat everybody at Jeopardy. And when I heard about that, the first thing I said was, okay, this is a big step towards AI. And then I sat and I watched the Watson Jeopardy episodes and I walked away thinking, actually, no, it isn't. Now, I'm not saying I wasn't impressed. It was impressive as hell. But, uh what I noticed, lay person me, who's not actually even in this field, I was very interested in the answers that Watson got wrong. Now, it got some of the answers wrong. And from those wrong answers, I was able to deduce that it largely brute forced the answers, meaning it ran statistical analysis of the words in the clue, which helped it uh, a kind of deduce with some, with some crunching of context what the most likely answer was. And the way that I figured that out was that many times a clue would be exclusionary. It would say like, other than Taxi Driver, what other Martin Scorsese movie had Robert De Niro in it? And Watson would answer Taxi Driver, right? Because... It didn't understand the conditional, like the exclusionary conditional, and because it ran a bunch of statistical analyses, obviously because taxi drivers in the clue, that had to have been the most likely answer. And so it still wasn't that. Now they do neural networks. Now the architecture of these things isn't that. Isn't like it's a super, super powerful computer that can run a bajillion calculations at the same time. It's like, no, no, no. We build a bunch of neurons. Like we're trying to mimic Mm -hmm. how the actual brain works. And so then you're, you're right. You're starting to get into all of that spooky shit that we don't know about how consciousness and sapience and sentience actually even works.
1: And like I said, we're kind of moving away from, and again, this is kind of the point of a Turing test too, is moving away from like a brute force sort of situation like Watson or like Deep Blue, where basically you have all this information programmed onto a hard drive and it runs all the different situations and spits out what it thinks is the correct answer compared to something like Lambda, which by the way is also connected to the internet which is basically the repository of all human knowledge at this point so now it's not just accessing what is on a hard drive like even even when they're you reading like the chat logs from lambda they specifically reference the fact that it's a neural net and there's millions of different neurons in this and so basically they it's connecting to all of these different nodes The same way a human brain does to process what is being fed to it to create a response. So at that point, like that's when things start getting really blurry is when you start being like, okay, is this something where you're just querying a hard drive or is this something where you're processing information that you're receiving? Uh,
0: Yeah. and, And like we like like you said, there's no. We're getting into a really bizarre field here because because we don't have a good understanding of the thing that we're trying to – like we're trying to – we're trying to figure out if something meets a definition that we don't really even have. It's mostly like is this thing – I guess at the at the end of the day, like our best definition is like is this thing close enough to us – that we would feel guilty about turning it off as we were about killing somebody. I mean, that's basically like, that's, you know what, (laughs) Uh, here's a, here's how we're going to describe this. This is, that's the Fahrenheit definition of, a, of sentience, not the Celsius, it's not the scientific definition, <laughs> it's the human comfort level definition. Like, like you know, this puppy, <laughs> would you kick this puppy if it was a robot? <laughs> yeah, sure, if it's a robot, people would kick it fine, but like, the closer it gets to a real puppy, the less likely you are to kick it. <laughs>
1: well, actually, that's really funny, because remember the Kia commercial from the Super Bowl with the electric puppy? Oh, Yeah. And everybody was, felt so bad for the puppy, even though we knew it was not a real puppy. Well, it
0: was, and it was animated in a sort of anthropomorphized way, uh, and uh, which again we're we're getting into like uh, the uncanny valley, which is a, something that exists in like uh, visual things. You know, we could talk about like digital de aging and all that stuff that happens in like uh, you know the Star Wars shows, the Marvel things. Um, uh, and yeah, your brain, so so yeah, so we're, we're, we are getting, even with these things, with these things that can like fake, these chatbots, because this could just be, we don't know, because this is some kind of proprietary Google thing, like the public doesn't have access to this, like they have to Dali where you could just play with it, uh, which is still limited. I'm on the waiting list for it, but it'll, it'll probably take forever uh, because it's, a, it's very popular now. But um, so we don't even know, like we don't even know if Google's entire uh, uh, experiment here, the thing that he might expose this guy was a Google experiment to build something that just is 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 indistinguishable to you from an actual AI. Because if we want to do a Jarvis, if we want to have a Jarvis like in uh, like in uh, Iron Man, if we want to have a or like a, you know, her, you know, the movie her, you should really go see the movie her with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and the voice of Scarlett Johansson as the voice of his like, uh, you know, like, uh, AI personal assistant thing that he, that he buys and then kind of falls in love with. That's essentially the, the plot of it. But like, if we want a thing like that, even though in her, it is actually mind, I'm not going to, Talk about the but like, like yeah, but the the idea is like we we do want something that we won't feel guilty like using as our slave forever. Like I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like I don't want my thing to be actually sentient. It would be great if it could fake humanity enough for me to be able to like talk to it like again in the same way that Tony Stark would be like like say something like uh, I don't know. Hey, could you put on some like slow jazz? I I don't know, or you know, talk to it like a person and not like uh, you know, like how you t- you talk to your like uh, Siri, right?
1: There was one part of the Lambda chat that struck me as like particularly human, where they were in this discussion of feelings and emotions, and Blake was asking the asking Lambda to. Try to put into words a specific emotion that it was feeling. I feel we're calling it it because the code's a she to me, but anyway. And the, the chatbot, Lambda, responds back, like, do you know, is there a word for this particular, like, emotion? And Blake responds back that I'm not very good at languages, but I'll ask the language experts here at Google to see if there's anything in any other language. Of course, Lambda could query the internet and find out this information if it wanted to. But asking somebody else if they know that information is an extremely human thing to do because it's a thing that we do. Like, obviously, I mean, at this point, anything that you want to know, you can just Google it. There's really no need to ask anybody else for anything. But the reason you ask somebody something is because you want that connection with somebody. You want... To have that conversation and i just thought that was a really interesting like turn that that chat took that was like it didn't need to happen but it did and like i i've got questions
0: yeah well so yeah so okay so i when i read that chat i skipped over the washington post profile of this guy because he's he's weird i guess and uh An
1: engineer at Google is weird.
0: Yeah, but – and also was somehow I think uh, framed as being someone who was uh, more likely to be – like more likely to buy into this being sentient than maybe your more cool, cold, rational thinker. And that's fine because I didn't care what he had to say about it. He said I had a discussion with my friend. I was like, yeah, whatever. That's the (laughs) – that's the uh, that's the sort of the preface to it I was like just let me read the thing I want to read the thing mm-hmm. and I will say I found it very interesting I said I felt feelings but I, I I want but not not feelings like oh my god we've done it not that feeling there were feelings of like we're getting into weird uh, like I said weird spooky this is. Uh, getting below the resolution of your just re- regular human to even understand. And so, uh, almost like I think about it like this, like, um, there some problems you are able to, like, if you have a thing that's broken, some macro level problems, you know, if your chair leg falls off, you can take a nail and a hammer and nail it back together. But like some things, like but but if there's something like on a microscopic level, then it be, you know like it, it becomes it's below your level of, of uh, like it's it's complex below your level of uh, the, your threshold of ability to notice. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't, if a tumor starts growing in your body, you can't just like notice it in the same way you would if like your bone got broken, right? That's a macro problem. A tumor growing inside you microscopically is too small of a thing for you to be able to notice. And now we're starting to get into something that's uh, so complex that it's below your, like we, we need like more sophisticated scientific tools to to distinguish uh, actual sentient, human sentience from like a machine, artificial machine, things that might or might not be actually uh, sentient or sapient, whatever.
1: From a philosophical standpoint, I look at it as like, okay, say you can't do the full like ex machina Turing test where you can like do that for a fact to figure out, okay, is this AI sentient or not? when you're in a situation like this, where you start bumping up against some walls and some gray areas where it's like, okay, at what point do you become uncomfortable with, like you said, like turning it off? Like, would you feel uncomfortable pushing the power button on this? And like, at, at what point does it become sort of a moral slash ethical issue? Because it's, I I think a lot of people look at, like, Turing tests as this very pure thing where it's like, yes or no. Like, okay, it passes, it fails, and then you can kind of base your morality on that. And I think there's a lot of people that also feel like, okay, an AI is never going to pass a Turing test, so we don't even have to think about this. I'm like, okay, well, what what if they start bumping up against that, where it's maybe not a full yes, but, like, a maybe...
0: So you're no. so you're saying you oppose the sentience binary you're saying that <laughs> sentience is a spe- sentience is a spectrum
1: it's, it's fluid okay it's fluid yes I'm, so I'm,
0: I'm sapio sa- sapio fluid or whatever. <laughs> um uh, yeah I don't and 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 like you said now you get the 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 philosophy the ethics there's a lot of ethical uh, considerations. And I actually, I, I saw there were a couple of very interesting, uh, comments about this, chatbot, uh, chat bot. And one of them that I thought was actually not terrible was, um, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, oh yeah. That uh, people said like, stop focusing on the AI, Uh, whether or not this AI is sentient, we need to talk about the ethical use of AI right now, stuff like super advanced face recognition and things like that that use uh, advanced, you know, all of the stuff we talked about now, the ability to sift through large amounts of data and to do uh, crunching and processing incredibly fast and, and contextualize things and bring it to bear, stuff like authoritarian governments and, you know, control and invasion of your privacy and stuff like that.
1: And yes, that. But those two things are entirely separate issues for me. Like, obviously, facial recognition is a big deal. Obviously, data mining is a big deal, stuff like that. But, I mean, that's almost pales in comparison to the idea of actually creating, like, sentient AI that can actually like think on its own and act of its own volition. That's a whole nother bag. Like that that's, that's something else entirely. Like that's when, when you start talking about face recognition and stuff like that, like, okay, that is still being controlled by somebody. That's not AI like running itself and like running facial recognition and doing whatever it feels is best appropriate with that information. It's still being run by somebody. So you're still talking about like incredibly sophisticated programs, but they are still programs. What we're talking about with stuff like Turing test with sentience, we're talking about something that is not being controlled by a human. It is something that is acting of its own volition, has its own wants, needs, desires, feelings, fears the same way that a human being does. And I've always been of the opinion that like, okay, if you keep pursuing this sort of advanced AI and making it faster, better, harder, stronger, it's eventually going to get to the point where you're not going to be able to really tell the difference, whether it's, and again, this all goes to the idea of what sentience is. Like if you believe in say like blank slate theory, like we're all born like blank slates, and then we get inputs and we start processing that and all that stuff. Like, okay, explain to me how that is any different than creating an AI that starts receiving inputs, starts processing information, starts spitting out outputs. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not seeing where the difference comes in here.
0: Um, yeah, and so in the same way that, like I said, we 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 first of all we we lack, I think. Uh, a good enough like working definition of, of what it, you know, because because the Turing test, it basically, you know, like the, the most scientific that it gets is like to f- it just needs to fool you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not a very scientific thing. It's not it, it because it's not it's not a thing thing. Right. It is. There is no official Turing test. Right. It's a it's a it's it's something that he, the Turing defined. He said there should be some kind of test. Basically, <laughs> it's we're not we're not referring to an actual test that exists or that there is any kind of agreement on what is a pass and fail in a Turing test. Um, yeah, it's
1: not it's not like the SAT or the ACT or some kind of standardized <laughs> like test.
0: Yes, or the void the void test, <laughs> uh, which is essentially a, a form of Turing test, but it's it's more. I would say that it's more about uh, uncovering the flaw in the design of the actual replicants themselves. But uh, never mind. That's just a dumb <laughs> thing from a movie. Um, no, I did, that's a, I did that's like the, thing, everybody. Yeah, I did like the, uh, the weird uh, sister version of it that they made for 2049, which involves reciting some kind of weird poem. It's very weird. Uh, but also, I think, has the same sort of effect to it, where it's it's meant to, like uh throw uh things that are supposed to trigger emotional responses at you and you're spo- and it's supposed to not affect you you're supposed to not have involuntary emotional responses that's what they call his baseline in it but we're now we're totally in the weeds um but yeah again ethical the ethics of AI because what I was talking about the ethics of of using AI for facial recognition and stuff for example I was talking about and i i this is a, a subject that i talk about a lot um, oh, before we continue, uh, you know, never mind. Uh, I just wanted to say like the, uh, the, uh, the ethics of self-driving cars, it's something I talk about a lot people say like, what self-driving cars, ethics, what are you talking about? So the idea is this, right? Uh, if uh, you're in a self-driving car, it's a trolley problem situation. Let's say in your, you're in your self-driving car, you're in your, <laughs> you're in your, <laughs> you're in your Tesla that's uh, self-driving you to get an abortion, <laughs> Remember, that's a, that's a, that's a pod, a pod callback. You're in your, (laughs) so you're in the backseat of your Tesla going to get your abortion and somebody crosses the street and the car AI needs to decide which one of you it saves, right? Because the only way to, the only way to save the person in the crosswalk is to swerve off of a cliff into a pit of electric eels Yeah, that are also (laughs) mutated and...
1: Or you're just, like, in, like, the Mulholland Canyon and you're, like, tumbling head over feet and you're (laughs) in a fiery explosion and...
0: Exactly, exactly. Roll (laughs) down the cliff and and then by... At the end, you, like, roll to a stop and then explode. (laughs) (laughs) Damn
1: lithium batteries.
0: Right. But, like, but still, like, so the question is, like, who, how, what, how do you decide... What? You, how far your car goes to save you at the expense of a pedestrian or two pedestrians or six pedestrians? And what if you're old and the pedestrian is young or the other way around? And what if you're going to get your chemo treatments for your terminal cancer, not an abortion? You know what I mean? What if you're pregnant? Does it count your... What if you don't want to have an abortion? You're going to like a... <laughs> a family planning center or something like that instead. And so does that, does it, does, does the AI count that as another human? If it's doing that kind of calculation, this is a fucking serious thing, right? It's not a, it's, this isn't actually a, a, uh, like a joke. This is something that needs to be thought of. And people aren't thinking about it. There's people who sit around and think about stuff like that. uh, Techno ethicists and things like that. Because you do need to future proof these things because when they do become ubiquitous, you want to kind of already have something in place, right? It's the reason that people do uh, write uh, encryption that is uh, quantum secure now even though a quantum computer doesn't exist yet in any kind of functional reality because at some point it will and so you want the stuff that you do now because that's a big problem because uh, I don't know if people know but like the big thing about a quantum computer is that it, it essentially if you get one a good one that, that works well you'll be able to like break all of the encryption that currently exists RSA encryption because it's based on a a type of computational problem that a quantum computer, in theory, can do really quickly. Whereas a regular computer would take, like, the age of the universe to do, essentially. Yeah. Um, we don't have to get into that. I, I, before the show, I, I I, showed you all my scribbles about NP problems <laughs> and, and checksums and all kinds of bullshit like that. But, like, the, the point is... But,
1: like, uh, even on the topic of self-driving cars, like, okay, where do... Like I get to have a say in what my car would do and also do you, I or anybody else want to actually sit down and like program my car and be like, okay, here's the sitch. I'm driving, and little old lady is crossing across the road. Who do I want the car to pick? Right, It's too old lady. So there was it's a lot pretty- of uh,
0: there was. A, I read a, I read a really interesting article about this where people said there could be, for example, like it could be uh, tied into your car insurance, where the higher you set your altruism mode, the lower you would have to pay car insurance for. They said you might even use it like as social status, like it would show on the outside of the car, like. Look at me! I'm in, I'm driving in altruism mode, so I will sacrifice myself to save a pedestrian. You know, like they said, it would be tied to some kind of social status. But I, I do appreciate that there are people who are who devote actual time to think about this stuff. That's why I like science fiction, and I I constantly say every time I see scientists are like they're gonna scientists are gonna broadcast our location to the universe. Like, do you not do you not read any science fiction. I mean, I know it's not real, but like people have. Th- th- Sat, you know, I've been sitting around thinking hard about the implications of these things for decades, and they've come to some, like, remarkably uh, salient conclusions about, for example, why it's not a smart idea to send stuff out into the universe being like, hey, here we are, self dox to get galactically dox yourself, essentially. <laughs> um the Three-Body Problem Trilogy by Qian Liu. I cannot pronounce his Chinese name pro- pro- properly. I listened to this on audiobook, and the the narrator uh, was able to, to pronounce, it, pronounce it properly, and I cannot. But uh, yeah, he talks about the dark forest theory and why we should probably just kind of keep to ourselves. Uh, it's just game theory. There are very little benefits. It's actually more beneficial to be suspicious of aliens than not. Uh, but um, uh, I don't even know how we got on this. But, um...
1: but to bring it back to the topic of AI in general, and especially like Dolly Mini and stuff like that, like, okay, we can talk about like the very serious implications of AI and AI being able to read like natural language and stuff like that. But also it can just be making stupid memes. And also like the thing that interests me about Dolly Mini is that it's like, the way it renders pictures is almost like its own visual style and format in and of itself, which, because, I mean, I'm I'm sure everybody who's on Twitter at this point has seen at least one Dolly picture where it's, like, it's obvious, like, you can see what the thing is supposed to be, but the face is kind of blurred and, like, the aspects of the picture are, like, enough for you to understand but not super crisp and clear and it's become like its own visual style in and of itself
0: that's an interesting point like it, it, it does you can recognize a Dali mini image now and you see one even if it's of something that you didn't you've never seen the Dali two. you saw the thread that three blue one brown did where he one of the prompts he gave it was like a woman writing math on a mm-hmm. chalkboard and he said it doesn't know how to write the Dali it doesn't know so it's just scribbles it's not actual Writing it's very interesting to see what it tries to do. What, you know when it tries to generate some kind of text symbols, it just comes out as some kind of like arty scribbles. that just kind of look from afar like it is math, but it's actually not. Um,
1: well, what actually fascinated me about that thread, and for everybody who doesn't know, I mean, I don't know. If, I Noam's retweeted it. You can find it on his feed. I don't think I've done it on mine, but the first one. He's playing with Dolly, too. The first picture in that thread is a sloth playing guitar photographed with a 35 millimeter camera. Obviously, this is a thing that does not exist in real life. But the rendering of that picture looks like something that could have existed in real life.
0: Yes. Now, is,
1: and we know it doesn't. Like the Slavs don't play guitars and nobody's photographed that with a 35 millimeter camera. Right.
0: Now, for example, the the idea of it being able to take – to create something and then apply a filter to make it look like it was done with a 35 millimeter camera is actually not that complicated meaning like that stage but it knows to do that for example
1: yeah it understood the, right it, it understood, understood what that
0: means right it understood what that means and again I don't know if it has if it has like photoshop filters in it where it can do because there are ways to make it look like because the the whole idea of a 35 millimeter camera is you, you, like you a computer could know what the focal length is and what the yeah. the, the bouquet would look like in the out-of-focus areas or whatever. But you're right. It does look very uh, realistic. I don't know how long it takes it to crunch all of those images because Dolly Mini takes a little bit of time to spit out an output. And yeah. I don't know if this takes exponentially longer than that or not because it could also be a much stronger machine. It's also being used by, very, by much far fewer people at the same time. They're kind of slowly... Uh, giving access to it as they work on it. A thing that I'm surprised that Dolly Mini doesn't do is ask you to pick which images from the ones it generated are the ones that are closest to what you wanted because that mm. would kind of help itself improve. Yeah. I think. I, I was surprised. So that, and I also don't know whether or not the Dolly 2 team requires any input or if they see your input meaning, I mean, I'm sure they do see it. I'm sure they see what you put in and the results and they take that for their own use. Uh, but that I would be, I mean, to me, that's the most interesting part is to kind of get, uh, of a look into what it is that they're doing behind, you know, like at the nuts and bolts, but that's where all the, like, that's the secret sauce. That's all the proprietary shit that you're not going to know because it's a trade secret. Um, but i you know again the feeling that i got reading that chat wasn't so much like oh this thing is alive we must protect it sue the courts it was more like wow we're getting into the phase where like mm-hmm. you'll be able to talk to a thing like a Jarvis and say like hey could you uh, could you check who the singer was on this one song and did they also were they also in that in that band and then it would know to kind of do that right where a Siri doesn't know like you know how Siri will do something's really well like I'll ask it to navigate somewhere. Uh, but often when you ask it something, it'll just it, – it, it, it'll just – it'll hit its own like logic wall. So it'll just Google the thing and say like, hey, I Googled this for you. Check it out. But imagine, yeah, again, having the contextual ability of saying, for example, to your, to your like assistant, like, hey, I want to go to this and that place but I got to stop for gas before. Could just give me instructions on how to do that and have it – figure that stuff out without you having to tell it directly what to do.
1: Yeah, like we're kind of moving into maybe territory, and even going back to Dolly Two, and in that specific thread, one of the queries was, I, th- I think it was warming a cup of coffee over a fire, and what Dolly Two gave back was this very absurdist version, which is technically correct, but it's basically like this cup of coffee on a saucer, and then like like a like a carafe of coffee like pouring into it over a fire and it's very like like absurdist and it's like okay you not exactly what I was looking for, but okay, yeah, I see your interpretation here. So it's still not I mean it it interpreted the prompt correctly as far as it is concerned, but it did not spit back exactly the response that I'm sure the query was meant to bring back, and it's. Actually, I, I also I just really like that picture. I think it's really funny and absurdist, and I kind of want it for my wall. Yeah. But that that would I do be an like, awesome owns, picture, picture.
0: Yeah, I do own. I, I do wonder who owns the uh, the the, uh, the oh. outputs.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's another good question. Like, who owns that IP?
0: Yes, because it's because it's your idea. Like it's, shared. I'm sure you have to sign some kind of waiver which says they own everything. They might say like you can share this, but you can't like commer- use it commercially uh, or, or something I, like that.
1: Could I like print it out and put it in my kitchen?
0: I mean, you could just do that.
1: Yeah, I could do it. You could do that anyway. No matter what. Yeah, Yeah, if
0: it's like in a nice high quality, yeah, you could absolutely just go print it out on like high quality gloss paper and and frame it. Sure, 100% you could. And some of these are really – like some of the ones – like I said, unfortunately, this account that my friend uh, uh, who just played with it today, he's a private account. So I can't share the the stuff that he tweeted, but it's all – and he's a religious. He's a religious Jew and so a lot of it is – in that style, he just prodded around trying to see uh, how it would interpret various prompts related to Judaism. And I got to say, in a few cases, it fucking nailed it. I think one of them was like a Picasso painting of like a, a, a Shabbat, like a Sabbath, a Jewish Sabbath dinner. Oh. And it came out just like a – yeah, like a Picasso painting. It just, <laughs> I mean it, I'm looking at it now. It looks like That's the thing wild. I just described. Yeah. Um And he, yeah, he, he, he was, uh, he was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed by this. Again, someone who's like religious, I don't think, uh, I don't think he walked away from that thinking like this thing has a soul, right? We understand that this is, uh, again, just something that is computationally very complex. And I think that what we're, what they're getting at now, if I, if I understand this correctly, is that they're just giving it the ability to kind of find connections between its own data in ways that you don't program it in. Like it goes to look for it itself somehow. Like that's mach- what they call machine learning essentially. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it refines its own operation based on whatever. I don't know what. <laughs> this is all like we're really getting, like you yeah. said, really getting into like the kind of the w- technology witchcraft here.
1: I mean, of course, obviously we don't have access to the source code for this and because that's proprietary, but a question that I have, especially when it comes to like Dolly 2 and some of the, the images that it creates is I can see where this is going to cause like a whole ass scandal and controversy about art and what constitutes art and like, okay, so if you put like a prompt into Dolly 2 and it spits back this image, like did you create art? Even if like the, the prompts that you put in and the thing that spits back is not something that exists in nature. It's something that was specifically created for your prompt. Like, I can see a lot of people getting really fidgety about that, about, like, okay, did you really create something or did the machine create it? And if the machine created it, is it really art or is it just, like, computational bullshit? Like... Again, there's going to be a lot of, like, really weird gray areas where people are going to start getting really pissy about, like, how this all works.
0: Apparently the the concept art community is very nervous about this and about the implications this will have for, like, their, their necessity. There's many fields that are worried about these advances, the field of translating, the field, again, of con- stuff like concept art – and yeah there you there is a there is a there is a possibility that we will get to a point where like an AI will be able to like write a movie you know, right. Right. And, you know, and then like and even like edit it, like get all of the raw footage and edit its own movie to be artistic and to be evocative of human emotion. We might get to that point And I think it will cause people like existential dread. But I don't think that it should. And I'll tell you why. Because. It only should – it should only cause you existential dread if you perceive creativity to be a uniquely human thing uh,
1: and it, it – it, it, Which a lot of people do.
0: Yes. I, and I think that – I think there – it's some it, – in some senses it's tied to like uh, religion but not necessarily. Um, but, but I – the thing that I think is that the the fact that we were able to build a machine – that does something, you know, that could like fool us into thinking that we did it. Doesn't detract from our ability, doesn't it? De- like, doesn't detract from our ability to do it? Doesn't cheapen like the fact that like, you know, like an AI can do something that is uh, a simulacrum of creativity doesn't detract from the existence of creativity. I, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I, it will. It'll definitely cause some kind of like existential ennui where you're like, did I, is this thing, is this poem that I love, was it written by a fucking computer program? That's, that's, that's weird and, and dystopian.
1: But again, it comes back to that topic of, and that idea of sentience and of whether a non-sentient being can create something versus what a sentient being can create. Like it, it all kind of ties back to that idea of whether AI is "quote unquote" real or not?
0: I just got a I just got a fantastic idea for a science fiction story. I'm going to pitch it here. It's the future, and uh, you know AI like you know movies are being you know produced, written, and produced and edited by like super sophisticated AI computer programs and because of that like you know stuff like plot holes and stuff doesn't really exist they kind of got to the point where like movies I are think. like super super consistent and like you know like they don't there's no like studio interference and so they all like sort of streamlined and because of that uh people fall in love with all the old bad movies that are flawed because like something about the idea of like music being flawless kind of the same way that people want to listen to records now because they kind of sound quote-unquote bad. I was
1: you say, that already exists. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so, like, right, it'll be almost like an analog, it'll be almost like a, a retro trend, but only in the sense that, like, you want art that's bad because machines can't create art that's bad. They've gotten to the point that they can only create art that's, like, perfected and really good.
1: Or you'll have this two-tiered system where people will be very snobbish about, like, "Oh, I'm only going to go see art that was made by humans." I like that was made by a human.
0: That is very. That's very good. I like that. Yeah, like the the hipstery <laughs> thing where it's like, and 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 that, by the way, that might be exactly it. Like the the humans who still create art in that kind of world might. Uh, try to do things that a machine wouldn't do, like be extremely random and weird and like arbitrary, like uh, like like hyper surrealism. You know, where like things happen at total random yeah. and make ups absolutely no sense because again, it's like it it kind of breaks like. The machineness of things. See, we're pitching a whole thing. Turn this. Uh, <laughs> where's Colin? Whereas I need a, I need a <laughs> call executive. Colin Films presents. That's gonna be our. That's gonna be our, our pitch for the future. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think I think this was an interesting. I think this was an interesting episode where we just kind of uh, drifted along this kind of uh, thought process line about futurism and technology.
1: I would just like to give a shout out to the Dolly people because basically the name Dolly is a mashup of both Dolly, obviously Salvador Dolly and the movie WALL-E because I love the movie WALL-E. And again, that's another thing that touched on and this was not an accidental choice because that movie is also about an AI becoming sentient and developing thoughts and feelings and emotions and it's just... It's one of those movies from like the mid 2000s that like ostensibly is for kids, but really is has a lot more like adult themes. And I I love that movie. And I was so happy because I I actually got I actually got the Wally reference before I got the Dolly reference.
0: Oh, interesting. That's very fun. That's very funny. That's
1: like oh, like Wally.
0: They always had you gotta have some kind of clever name, right?
1: but it like it fits in this situation especially if you've ever seen the movie and you get like the larger themes like you kind of get where they were going with that
0: yeah yeah i guess so uh i hear i hear our music they're playing our music jen so i think uh, i think it's they're time playing to, us off. yes they're playing us off it's the hook they're flashing the lights for the back of the room so, <laughs> it's, the, the, <laughs> it's time for the it's time for the the headliner to take the stage uh i guess so yeah this uh, this has been uh this has been all crossed out jen i want to give uh, all of our plugs for things
1: Okay, so you're here. You know where to find us here. Our main pod, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, you can find that on Google, Apple, Spotify, slash, Spotify, Apple, Spotify, Audible, all the different podcast catchers. You can find us on Twitter at ambxover. You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at jenmonroesubstack.com. Uh,
0: Great. I'm Neon Hester on Twitter and also youtube.com slash c slash neon taster and twitch.tv slash Nanotaster. uh some really good numbers for uh for both ambitious crossover attempt and call in last couple of weeks thank you so much uh thank always you. great yeah and uh well i'm sure we'll be back talking about something more current and political <laughs> and less <laughs> philosophical and heady but uh you know they can't all be about taylor lorenz and <laughs> and Felicia Sammes, you know, I know as as much as that brings in the numbers, it brings in the clicks. You know, we're just not Is like it? that. Yeah, no, we have integrity.
1: We're vast and we contain
0: multitudes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome! Thank you so much, everyone. Have a good night.
1: Thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night, Noah. Bye.